Hello, classmates, and welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class. I'm your host for today, Pete. I'm Joseph. And I'm Tyler. And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing listener Bruce's selection from the Wheel of Destiny, Harold and Maude. Tell me, Harold, what do you do for fun? What activity gives you a different sense of enjoyment from the others? What do you find fulfilling? What gives you that special satisfaction? (laughs) Harold, please! How many of these suicides have you performed? Fifteen. <laughs> what is your name? Harold. Harold Chasen. I'm Dame Marjorie Chardin, but you may call me Maud. I think we're going to be great friends. Your mother tells me, Harold, that she's arranging several dates for you with some young ladies. How do you feel about that? <laughs> that is that the trailer? Uh, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's uh, so short. Apparently, yeah, apparently, I guess J- Joseph said the trailer's mo- mostly just music. The real ones. It's a, it's a fan a made. Lo- uh, this was a, a, like part of a fan made trailer, and then after this, it goes into like a Smiths, uh, like they start playing a Smiths song, and I thought that was weird considering most of the movie is pretty much just Cat Stevens. Yeah, um, like a band that never existed in the seventies, but yeah, let's put it a Smiths song in there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, you get the idea a little bit. Yeah, that's good. Um, so this movie, Harold Mod, 1971, was uh, chosen by um, listener Bruce, who you hear uh, at the beginning, the dulcet voice of at the beginning of our streaming picks uh, intro music. And we actually have listener Bruce on the line with us right now. Say hi, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. I'm here. <laughs> Bruce. I can't believe it. He's here. He's here in the not flesh. <laughs> in the cyber nice. flesh. Yeah, in the cyber flesh, which is a movie I'm going to stream pick next week. Um, video drone? Yeah, <laughs> cyber flesh. <laughs> the pre- sequel to video drone. Um, Ooh, that's a callback to our uh, Gavin Chatter episode uh, with Jimmy Woods. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Bruce, why uh, why Harold and Maude? Uh, well, Harold Mod is just it's it's been one of my favorite movies for a long, long time. I, I love it. I feel like it's probably underseen or underknown by people younger than maybe 40, mm-hmm. but definitely probably younger than 30. Um, and I feel like it's uh, it's just one of those movies that was ahead of its time and, and is just a ton of fun. And um, it's just a great movie. Um, and this was all all three of ours first viewings. Joseph never even heard of the movie, right? No, I have never heard of uh, Harold, nor have I heard of Maude, let alone have I heard of Harold and Maude. Um, and uh, yeah, completely, like the, the plot details and the title, poster, anything about this movie, I've never heard of it. It has a very like, like a title that you would, I feel like exists in the echelon of uh, society. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, like I may have heard it somewhere, like, like when Harry met Sally or something like that. Mm. Um, or Benny and Jim. Yeah. But yeah, um, uh, I've never heard of Harold and Maude. Um, I will go, over, uh, however, tell you uh, what I have heard of. Uh, um, so please bear with me. Okay. Um, I have heard of Harold and Kumar. Okay. Um, I have heard of <laughs> Mary Kate and Ashley. Uh, I have heard of uh, Dumb and Dumber. Um, I have heard of Hansel and Gretel. Okay. Um, 
I've heard of Gretel and Hansel. <laughs> um, also, uh, Mary and Max. Okay. Um, Turner oh. and Hooch. Turner um, and Hooch. Thelma, Thelma and Louise. All right. Uh, Benny and June. Uh, Lilo and Stitch. Um, and, and Bill and Ted. No, uh, so those are the duos. No Starsky and Hutch? Uh, that I have heard of. <laughs> um, uh, Starsky and Hutch as well, but uh, you know they didn't make the list. Um, but uh, yeah, the, no, no Harold and Maude though. Um, Bruce, I I have to say, without spoiling my reaction to this, I I, I can hundred percent see what you mean by it being uh, ahead of its time. There, just the intro scene was fucking dark, really dark and very funny. Um, so I, this was a this was a, a what, Hal Ashby, right? What else? What else has Hal Ashby done? Because I thought he did like. I thought he did action stuff like John McTiernan, and I looked at his catalog, and that's not it at all. Yeah, no, no. Hal Ashby. So the way to, if you ever see a picture of Hal Ashby, he's like uber hippie. He's like at the time he was like out of the Hollywood stream, kind of, and just super hippie dude, super kind of anti-establishment dude. And uh, yeah, his other movies that are famous. Um, being there, coming home, coming home got a bunch of Oscar nominations. Being there has uh, Peter Sellers, which is also a pretty weird movie. He did The Last Detail with um, Jack Nicholson, and mm-hmm. he's done a few other movies. But those are some of his his biggies. Uh, but he was always kind of on the outside of, of Hollywood. And even this movie, I think they talk about when it first came out, they were like trying to figure out how to market it. Like they had no clue what to do with this movie. So <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how you would market this movie. It's the genre. The genre is like, it's kind of like a romance. It's a dark romance and a dark comedy. It's for sure a dark comedy. Um, yeah, dark comedy. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 kind of to me. It's kind of like the last gasp of the hippies meets the cynicism of the seventies. It's kind of that right in that transition, and it and it's it for that reason. It kind of doesn't really fit with mm-hmm. anything else at the time. Yeah, the the dark nature of Harold's uh, character and his um, for the audience who hasn't seen it yet, the Harold uh, is a seventeen year old boy, seventeen, right? Something like that, seventeen and nineteen, yes. right around there. And he, he is of age. At I I I I wouldn't I don't know. Like it's interesting because like I always assumed that he was a little bit older, but now hearing that he's seventeen, like oh man, that's he looks he looks about seventeen. Well, yeah, he has a baby face for sure. He has he has the uh, Elijah Wood uh, effect. Well, he's he's obsessed with uh, like staging his own suicide over and over again throughout the movie, which was great. And I feel like that that humor would land really well in like Gen Z in the Gen Z world because half half of the memes you look at now online is jokes about suicide and self loathing and stuff. Yes. Yes, I completely agree with that. <laughs> um, so let me just give like the the brief, the brief, the basics of the movie, and um, and and Bruce is going to sit in for us and, and kind of chime in as the resident expert of Harold Maude and the resident expert for uh, Ruth Gordon. Um, so this is 1971, directed by Hal Ashby, written by Colin Higgins, um, and this is starring Ruth Gordon as the titular mod, Bud Cord as Harold, Vivian Pickles, Cyril Cusack, and a bunch of other people that you probably wouldn't recognize their names. Um, the one person that you do see that I recognized was Tom Scarrett, plays the motorcycle, motorcycle officer. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know who it was at, at first, but I didn't recognize his face. And his character was kind of funny. Um, so the synopsis from Just Watch. Young, rich, and obsessed with death, Harold finds himself changed forever when he meets lively septuagenarian Maud at a funeral. And, um, and essentially, he's a rich kid who comes of means and he's constantly faking his own death much to the um like the ignorance of his mother his mother's just tired of it she has doesn't even (laughs) she doesn't even get a rise out of it anymore (laughs) clearly she's seen it many times and they show a number of times of him hanging himself and shooting himself in the head with a fake gun and blowing your self-immolation that's not actually him under that sheet or whatever and it's fucking hilarious and he's he's for fun he goes to funerals and at these funerals he's much like fight club he sees the same person in in basically crashing the funeral or crashing the the support group like in fight club and they be and it's mod and she pursues him takes him out of a shell and become befriends him and then beds him spoiler (laughs) (laughs) and not only Uh, is she i think it's the other way around but okay no, no, she's absolutely after that tale. She's like, well, she looked for one last hurrah. Um, but not only is she a septuagenarian, she's not just in her seventies. She's on the tail end of it. She's when she, we meet her, she says she'll turn eighty in a week. So she's like right on the end of it. Um, yeah. So let's uh, let's let's go around the uh, the t- the proverbial table. Um, and uh, Joseph, first, tell us what your initial thoughts were of uh, Harold Maude. Harold and Maude, uh, so this movie kind of took me by surprise in its uh, nature. Um, basically, a, a movie about the uh, a, uh, uh, an original goth. Um, <laughs> a, a, a sort of Wednesday Adams type of character um, who is just obsessed with death. And part of, like, part of the movie, I was like, is he actually, like, is he, like, immortal or something? Like, is he, is he, <laughs> he, like, keeps killing himself. And I'm like, how is he not actually dead? Um, he, he, I mean, he shoots himself in the head, doesn't he? Does he not shoot himself in the head? Is it a paintball gun? It's got to be something because you see the knife from the Harikari scene, and it's yeah. like a, it's like a collapsible knife. Yeah. Yes. So it has to be something like that. Um, you know, but I thought that was pretty funny. It, um, I I do agree that the humor and the dark humor in this is uh, it's almost timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think uh because uh, there were definitely laughs to be had when i was watching it um and um it was uh it was very strange it was very sweet and then it was very strange again um but uh all in all i i enjoyed it quite a bit actually um not knowing at all what this movie was going to be other than that it was made uh, in 1971 um but uh yeah i i liked it a lot Nice. Um, <clears throat> Tyler, why don't you give us your initial thoughts? So I have heard of Harold and Maude before, and I just never got around to watching it. Um, I know it's uh, highly regarded. Uh, a lot of the people that I interact with uh, throughout my life when I was first starting to get into film, uh, they're just like, oh, you got to watch Harold and Maude. you got to watch it. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it. But then I ended up watching, you know, like uh, the likes of the human centipede. Um, <laughs> but um, finally got down uh, to watching it. And it's just, I think, 
you know, it, it, it was a very cathartic experience for me because of uh, some of the life events I've been going through recently. Um, it touches on a lot of like heavy philosophical uh, themes in regards to how like humans should live their lives and stuff like that. And on top of that, the, the humor is just right up my alley, like just straight off of the bat with the first scene. And as soon as I saw that, as soon as that first like sequence like happened, I fell in love and uh, I, I would recommend this movie to anyone like this is a true timeless classic like because I think this movie could be made in any uh, time era after the 70s like if you made it in the 80s or the 90s or in modern time right now it would still be very well regarded it's uh, beautifully written like there's just some emotional uh, excuse me uh, some emotional uh, scenes that aren't supposed to be super like deep I guess if that makes sense uh, but the the content of the lines that are being delivered are super deep and uh it makes you think about like well, how am i living my own life uh all in all though uh in plus some of the shots in this movie are just beautiful beautiful the i guess uh, the, the one thing that kind of perplexed me was everyone had a british accent but they were living in california i don't know like I can look. I don't think they had a British accent. Oh, I think they just had a high society accent. Sometimes it sounds better to talk like this. Oh, okay. Well, I always associate <laughs> that with a British accent. So, but anyways, uh, yeah, I loved it. Uh, I will definitely, definitely be watching this again. Not anytime soon, though. Like I feel like this is like kind of like a like a wine bottle that you buy that's super expensive and you save for a special occasion. Harold and Maude is that wine bottle that you save for a special occasion. Anyways, mm, nice. I love it and I can't wait to watch it again. All right. Uh, I'll give mine and then we'll, we'll defer to Bruce. I want to hear what your thoughts were maybe like the first time you watched it and so on. Um, so I knew that Harold and Maude was about an older woman and a younger boy or man I didn't know quite how old and quite how young, and it's it's about as far as you can get. Yeah, it's pretty st- extreme. And still have a romantic relationship physically. Um, <laughs> um, I also I also didn't know it, was a, it had any romantic connotation to it. I thought it might be like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing, um, which is another duo that uh, Joseph left out of his um, list. Oh, um, I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know if it was a crime spree sort of thing, or if it was like they hate each other and they're like it's like a, a com- comedic antics sort of thing. Like she's a curmudgeon old woman and he's the young. I had no idea about what it was about. I just saw the young young man and the older woman, and that was the end of it. So, um, much like Tyler, after the first scene, I was I was hooked instantly. It was fantastic. I fucking loved Harold Maude. Um, I feel like this is almost like a litmus test where if I were to, sh- if I were to ask somebody, sit down and watch Harold Maude and tell me what you think about it. If they were to tell me, oh, I turned it off after the first 10 minutes because the humor was too dark. I'm like, okay, well, we probably are not going to line up on a lot of movies then because <laughs> I, I, 
I would have to censor myself, you know, about half of the jokes that I would make because <laughs> there is a, a lot of humor to be found in the macabre, and mm-hmm. there is this movie capitalizes on that on that perfectly. Um, n- after Bruce mentioned Hal Ashby being like this uh, prototype ultra hippie, and looking up a photo of him uh, while he was talking, uh, it makes a lot of sense now because I I really I really feel like I didn't connect with the character of Maud very much, but I I could see. I've known people in my life that are that way, like hanging on to that last bastion of that like kind of hippie, earthly lifestyle as an aging adult, and um, and I could appreciate her. Um, she was very unexpected. Her the things that she did, they weren't. I don't feel like they were weird for the sake of being weird. I really just think that she didn't give a fuck anymore. Like, yeah. She, and and it made sense to see, um, the reason why maybe. Maybe two years prior or ten years prior, she wouldn't have been that way. But knowing that her impending death was on its way um, at her, at her own hands was kind of license to do whatever the fuck you want. You know, drive away on a cop after you got pulled over two times from him. You know, S- steal a public works tree. You know, um, <laughs> literally steal any car that you want because you know you could just get away with it at least for a week. Um, so part of that after I. The, my one gripe about it was I, I felt like the ending left me a little wanting wanting a little bit more <clears throat> like it happened so suddenly and it went and that was just the end of it and then a lot of the lessons that Maude was kind of imparting on to Harold felt like well was this the way she lived her life or was this the way she lived her life in the last two months of her life you know Ooh. is is it easy to live a carefree reckless lifestyle when you know that there's not much left of it you know will you will you are you that same person in your 30s as you are in at age 85 or whatever sure but very small gripe for me all in all um i thought bud court was i i couldn't even think of an like an, an actor if i were to recast this in a modern day i don't even know who i would even put in that role timothy I feel like chalamet i thought that too but fuck no um, what? <laughs> okay. no no he's too he's too much of a pretty boy we need somebody with like um, <laughs> character to his face, you know, like um, I, I don't know. I couldn't even I couldn't even think of someone. You heard um, it here. You heard it here. Really, Joel Osment. <laughs> if he was, yeah, if he was in that in that age, maybe. But even him, he was. He's like I I liked J- Joseph. Your your idea of him being like a modern like a or seventies version of Wednesday Adams. It's perfect. He's like yeah. a oh, yeah. proto goth. He's he's great. He's true depressed, and that's just who he is. And I kind of loved how his mother just accepted it, even though she was trying to change him and, and turn him into something else. It was still so hilarious to see him floating face down in a pool and his mom's just just getting my laps in, you know? <laughs> and Harold went on to make the famous band Joy Division. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I knew that would get a laugh from Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so um, all in all, to summarize, I loved it. I, I wish there was just a little bit more to the ending, um, but I, I the second it turned it off, I wanted to watch it. I wanted to turn it back on again. And um, to to your point, Tyler, have it being a, a special wine for a special day, I feel like I prefer to take um take wine out of it. I'm more of a, like a Scotch guy. It, my special bottle of Scotch I reserve for bad days for me. If I have a, a rough day and I I just want to sit down with my favorite glass of scotch and try to wipe away the bad thoughts you know sure 
and I feel like this this movie would be that for me. You know, if in the, in the grand scheme of things, it could be much worse. Or there there are so many people out there with you know different perspectives or different ways of coping with tragedy in their life or just life in general. That I feel like on a bad day, this would be something that would force me to laugh and force me to accept the dark aspects of life and also, um, you know, think of it from a different perspective. So um, I'm really yeah. glad that Bruce forced this upon us. So thank you. <laughs> forced. <laughs> uh, so what do you, what, what was your what was your first thoughts on this, Bruce, when you watched it? Uh, how oh. close to release was it, and and how has it changed over the years? I saw this. Um, you're going to love this. I, I saw I saw this when I was about I uh, was 18, right. and oh my gosh. I was in a honors English class, and it was one of those where you're like in the last like days of the school year. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like the last day or the second to the last day, and it's like oh, we'll watch a movie or something. We're not. No one's doing any more homework. And that teacher was this crazy old lady. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I'm going to show this <laughs> to my kids here. So, I mean, I don't know what her intentions were, but um, that was pretty interesting. Just the fact that, you know, she was probably at that point almost 72, you know, and uh, she so was trying, she was trying to find her next uh, Tinder That's match. right. She was looking for somebody. <laughs> she was trying to she find her looking, Harold. Yeah, she, she was looking for her Harold. <laughs> <laughs> she, she sent out a questionnaire at the end of it and, you know, how to fill it out. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I think my first impression was just really the same, similar to what you guys are talking about, you know, the dark humor, the really cynical, but yet also optimistic and also life affirming and also anti-establishment. There's all these things going on that were, I mean, I was, I was into punk rock at that time, you know, 82, 83. So I was like right on board. Yeah. So I was, I was ready to go. I was that, this is right up my alley, but also kind of talking about what you guys are, are saying in your reaction to this is this is one of those movies, certain movies, and you, we all have, I don't know, 10 of them or 20 of them, movies that as you get older, every five, 10 years, you watch them and they kind of work on you in a different way. You know, sometimes movies, uh, you know, you go a while with them and they kind of fade away and they don't have an effect on you. But a lot of but certain mm-hmm. movies, special movies kind of change and still have meaning, but their meaning kind of changes with you. And I think this is one of those movies that can totally do that for you. Um, yeah. It's like the squeakle. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like the squeakle. <laughs> and I really thought it was funny. Like two of you at least mentioned the proto goth thing. And I always, I always throw this out there as a proto as Harold as being the proto goth as well. I, I think he is an unsung, you know how you kind of talk about, um, Oh God, my my brain's forgetting his name. Um, what's his name from Honey I Shrunk the Kids and all those movies? You know, he's Rick Moranis. Yeah, Rick Moranis. He's got all the kind of um, proto nerd appeal for everybody, but there's you don't hear as much proto goth from from Mister uh, Harold, and and he should have that kind of same status. I think um, it's pretty yeah. great. And as you guys talk about a little more, I I wonder if you guys caught. I'm assuming at least one of you caught Maud's history and yes, how her her being the way she is at the end of this movie and in the end of her life is so much more poignant and the way they don't, they don't make a big point out of it. And I, I love that as well about this movie. So, yes. Oh yes. Uh, that has to be about that. Uh, one, uh, sequence with, uh, with Harold and Maude where she's like explaining her history with the doctor, uh, or no, not doctor soldier. 
uh, from the uprising. Like she like came from Europe to America, right? Is that right? Yeah, that's part of it. But part of it is that you see that she has a tattoo on her arm as well. Yeah, I saw that brief shot. Yeah, she's oh, came from. Oh yeah, that's she like was the, in a concentration camp. Yeah, and she lives yeah. in a train car. Oh, I didn't yeah. put that part together with that. Interesting. I don't know if they're correlated. I just thought that was. I don't know if that was some weird, also like kind of really subtle joke, that, <laughs> like, oh, that's why she lives in a train car. <laughs> She's trying to reclaim. That's our word now. Oh no. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I there. Her whole little train car, by the way, was just a. Oh, it's an c- Airbnb. C- yeah, it was a. C- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would be a perfect thing for like a a movie historian to recreate and make sure. it into almost almost like a, a small segment at like Universal Studios or something. You can stand inside the actual um, uh, mods train car. In so that, uh, closet full of weird ass <laughs> instruments. So Bruce, so you watched this movie after uh, uh, ass end of the semester of an English class, and you walked out of that classroom just like, how did you feel? Were you perplexed? You're just like, what the hell did I just watch? Or were you just like, oh, this is, I know my calling now. Like, I'm 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 going to be a movie podcaster. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna bed my uh, honors English teacher. That's right. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was pretty hardcore into like odd movies by that point anyway. So I mean, just kind of oh, okay. it added into the the pantheon at that point. And we had a pretty, um, we had kind of leftover hippies at that era too. So I mean, that's early '80s. So a lot of them went through the '70s and and kind of became these English teachers and you know humanities teachers so they were showing us stuff like 2001 a space odyssey and and all this like you know heady you know cinema so we were getting exposed to some pretty cool stuff that's awesome what other other stuff do you think of that era because this this is a a a lost point for all three of us and clearly we all enjoyed it to some degree um but what other stuff of that era you know besides the the big ones like 2001 would you think would kind of fall in this category of oddball cinema from that age? Oh man, you put me on the spot. <laughs> I'd have to, <laughs> I definitely have to um, like think, sit and think about it a little bit. I think okay. that you definitely return of the find... living dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's eighties. Come on now. Um, no, but in the seventies, I mean, cause you got the rise of the, the, you know, the uh, auteur. So you get all these giants, you know, coming up right then, you know, and you got the Godfather and, and, you know, Spielberg and Jaws and all that kind of crap. But then you have this kind of counter culture. So I would say to me, the things that are going counter culture during that time period are people like uh, Hal Ashby, Jodorowsky doing all these like Holy Mountain and all these crazy things. You've got um, um, John Waters doing all his kind of stuff at that time, which is super subversive and and counter culture. And then you've got... um, and you got horror, you know. You've got, you know, Toby Hooper. You've got uh, George Romero, Wes Craven, and uh, Cronenberg. And I think those guys are doing super subversive stuff during the '70s too. So I think to me, that's that's where you kind of find the undercurrent and all that. I mean, talk about punk rock. You know, like punk rock is the musical version of that, and all of that seeps into the '80s. And then you get all of these guys still doing stuff in the 80s and you get like you know david lynch and all that kind of stuff happening in the 80s as well so to me that's kind of the through line no that's awesome i appreciate that um 
jo- Joseph, what what was your uh, what was your favorite uh, bit about this? Maybe not, maybe not the best favorite scene, but like your best aspect of this movie. Um, I mean the the different ways of like k- killing himself was pretty funny. <laughs> I still don't understand how he how it was staged and not him actually killing himself other than the Harry Carey knife um being like a fake knife mm-hmm. um and um the um the way they went about it like when he sets himself on fire that whole <laughs> sequence of like it just, it's like happening in the background it's so good and it's just like it's that kind of comedy you know is uh is it still works you mm-hmm. know it's still jokes that would be told today um, but one thing I I thought while I was watching it, and then I like kind of confirmed it afterwards, um, was like as I was watching it, I was like this could easily be turned into like a Wes Anderson type movie. Yes, and, yes, that's what um, I thought too. And the characters um, are very Wes Anderson like. Um, you know, just throw a bit, of, uh, throw a splash of uh, pastel in there, and uh, you know, center the center the camera up a little bit more, and. Uh, you you have yourself a Wes Anderson movie and maybe some uh even the soundtrack like the soundtrack was great um you know last week we talked about movies with great soundtracks um this is one of them mm-hmm. and uh now that uh, I mean I listened to Cat Stevens before um but not too in depth and then now listening to like a fully soundtracked movie by Cat Stevens was was great um I felt like it was right right at home for sure yeah and um Going back to the Wes Anderson thing, uh, top 10 movies that uh, uh, influenced Wes Anderson's style, uh, and on the list is Harold and Maude. I'm not Um, surprised. I'm not surprised. So, uh, in this article, um, Hal Ashby's coming-of-age classic, uh, Harold and Maude, has obvious connections to Rushmore in that both stories involve a teenage boy in love with an older woman, but Anderson also took some music cues from Harold and Maude um, using Cat Stevens. Um, as well and then he also uses uh, the actor Bud Court in uh, his Life movie Aquatic. Life Aquatic who plays a, a Bond stooge named uh, Bill Ubell yeah, um, he's like he's like their um, accountant or lawyer or something like that it's like looking after them yeah and gets um, kid- kidnapped so my my thoughts were uh, uh, confirmed you did it um, <laughs> broke the code um, and then the other movies that inspired Wes Anderson, you know, I never heard of them other than uh, The Graduate. Um, hmm. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. I was like, this humor, I feel like, could f- uh, could either like maybe flourish or uh, just turn get a little bit weirder if it was written by Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I guess that I like that a lot. Um, and just like it was very obscure and. Um, Especially with like the whole like hearse, the hearse thing. Yes, um, I speaking of the hearse, I think that your 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 brain is trying to reach some sort of like conclusion about the suicides, these, these f- staged suicides, and I I think that if you if you um, concede that the wor- the world is has a little bit of fantasy in it too, almost like when you're watching. Um, um, what's what's the Better Off Dead, that John Cusack movie? Oh yeah, the, it's a pretty much a straight ahead like uh, kind of like teenage romance sort of movie, um, drama. But then there's definitely some fantastical aspects of it. We're like that couldn't happen in real life. There's not really 500 paper boys in that neighborhood. Um, <clears throat> um, I think that there's a, a little bit of that. If with some of it was like 
I saw him get under that sheet and then light it on fire. <laughs> Where did he go? How did he go? And the, by the way, perfect fucking timing when he lights on fire and then he just walks into the foreground. Oh, it's so fucking that was my fa- it- That was my favorite scene because after, I, th- I, I believe that was the scene where he looks into the camera. Right after that, he does. Yeah, right yes, after that. Oh, man. I thought was he so was good. like... I thought he was like a magician or an escape artist at that point. I was like, <laughs> I was like what is he doing? And like the guy, the kid looks dead. Like he looks dead. <laughs> so I was like, dead is, is he dead? Is he a he's zombie? Dead inside. Is he he's just, dead inside. Yeah. Is he just undead and like he just lives in this, like his <laughs> mom is like cool with it or something? I, well, in that same aspect, if you concede that the movie has some fantasy aspects, that that's the only way that I can accept that some of those suicides happened, and also that he was able to successfully transform at age seventeen a, a classic Jaguar B twelve into a, a hearse, a makeshift hearse, with an oxycetylene torch, no less. I thought he was I thought he was going to cut the thing in half to like spite his mom, and that's then, what I thought too. Yeah, and then you, two three scenes later, she's like, "Oh, you know, Harold's been in the garage. He's you know." got some hobby in there and then it pulls out this all black and it's like that would take a really experienced professional like a, a, a team of people to not only do the modifications to it for one you would never use oxycetylene torch for any any aspect of that and then repaint it to make it look like actually like it looked like that could have rolled off the assembly line like that they did a really good job with that transformation well you know and, what's a fun fact <clears throat> about that car is there is no replica of that car because they crashed it at the uh, end of the movie and speak speaking of that crash thank you for that tyler that crash is the most realistic of all car crashes off of a of a cliff that i've ever seen (laughs) right no explosion right it's literally just pancake done that's what would happen (laughs) (laughs) I, i loved it it was almost like a monty python the end of a monty python sketch well, I, I yeah. wanted to mention, though, too, is there's a Simpsons reference uh, with Harold and Maude. Do you uh, guys know what that is? No, I missed it. It's uh, season 12, episode 11, uh, titled Worst Episode Ever. It's when comic book guy uh, gets in a relationship with Agnes, who is uh, oh, Skinner's really? uh, mom, or quote-unquote mom. Mm-hmm. And that and that's a homage to uh, Harold and Maude. Interesting. <clears throat> I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't. I don't think I've seen that episode. I've seen most of those Simpsons episodes. Well, you know, like my Simpsons lore runs deep. So that's true. <laughs> I wanted um, to find. I, I was trying to find a uh, a uh, Harold and Maude uh, reference to Seinfeld for Joseph, but the only thing I could find was. <laughs> Jerry uh, in 1993 saying, and mod. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's literally that's it. it. That's not a reference. I know it's not a reference, but that's what I found. That's a reach. It's yeah. a reach. It's a reach. Um, I think my favorite part also was the suicides. I think just the recurring gag floating in the pool. Fantastic. Self-immolation. Fantastic. I mean, Hal Ashby clearly knows what what he's doing when he's like building a scene, because I I really feel like this could be made today with a newer cast and definitely an updated wardrobe, and um, maybe a little bit of exposition about. Still takes place in the seventies, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
seriously though, I mean, I feel like I feel like you could make it in 2020, 2021 with set in modern times and have this depressive kid except for it would all fall apart for me if he if he was like a vlogger also. Oh, because yeah, that not, wouldn't work. That wouldn't cause work. Because he's not Cause that's he's the thing about it is, That's exactly. That's the thing about I love about um uh, Harold's character is that he's not he's not doing it for anybody. He's just in a weird place in his life for whatever reason. Maybe it's because his dad's not around. They don't really t- touch on that too much. Yeah. Um maybe his dad his dad's no longer with us, but he's for some reason obsessed with death and he's a cr- weird cross between Edward Norton's character from Fight Club and <laughs> Wednesday Adams and maybe an, any number of children's characters from either um, Noah Baumbach or uh, Wes Anderson movies and uh, I don't know there's those the hanging the opening scene with the hanging yes. set the tone per- perfectly and I remember speaking of in- English classes when early in your in when you're learning in, in English class about how to write a good story they tell you the first scene or your first page or your first sentence or whatever has to hook you and yes. set the tone for the rest of the story and it perfectly did that with this um, the, I loved it let's uh, go around the the cyber round table uh, with our favorite moments uh, Bruce what was your favorite moment of Harold and Maude Oh my god, that's a hard one to me. This is like one of my favorite movies. But um, now, I think my favorite moment is honestly, it's the trouble closing montage. Uh, And it's probably the moment where he is driving past the cemetery and he sticks his head out the window. Um, I didn't even. I love that that shot. That shot is is beautiful, and that whole montage. Talk again about. uh, I think Joseph talked a lot about how. the humor in this and everything. And I think a lot of the humor also is, is just strictly from the way it's edited. There's a lot of editing humor as well. And in that last montage, there's a lot of emotion and it's just telling you the story without any words, like hardly any yeah. words. I think there might be one word and you're right. just, you know what happened and you're watching him and you're following to the end. And, and it's like, shit, this is where it's going. <clears throat> so that would be my, my choice. All right, Joseph, what about you? What was your favorite moment uh, in this movie? Didn't you already say that? Yeah. We kind of were already kind of talking about it. You you picked uh, up right in the middle of all that. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce was the last one to say his favorite thing. (laughs) Say it again. We can can edit it together. Um, I I think that... um, the the little like the breadcrumbs that that the filmmaker gives you about um, the character of Maude is perfect. You, if you were paying close enough attention, you knew that she was gonna gonna um, end her own life at her on her 80th birthday. But Harold, at that point when she gave you that little bit, not that it's gonna matter in a week, is like the one line that she says. He really wasn't paying attention, or she was more of like a, a burden to him at that point, and not a, a close friend. Right. Yet. Um, so you as the audience are kind of expecting something to happen and you're not quite sure. And then it happens. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot she said that thing. And yeah, yeah. at that moment, too, that was the most there were two moments that you see on the face of uh, Harold um, genuine unbridled emotion. And one of them 
I, I can't remember what moment it was, but it's the first time that he that Maude had got him to smile genuinely. And I, I can't remember if it was when he was singing or they're playing the piano together, but I think it was somewhere in her her train car house. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> when she was like, "Sing, sing, Harold." He, he gives a he gives a, a a huge grin, and it was so opposite of his character up to that point that it it was perfect because he's so demure and sad and 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 in the dumps the entire time. But when you see the smile, it actually means something. Yeah. And then in the moment when she says. Oh yeah, I'll be dead by midnight, and he just screams, "What?" <laughs> and <laughs> his look on his face is what? actual shock. Yeah, and um, and it's like something broke. It finally something broke through to him. You know, yeah. it was it was it was good to see because you cared about Harold, and he's he's likable, but he's not he's not too charming. You know, so you almost you almost have like a pity for him, and you like I want to see Harold do better. I don't want him to be not so sad, but at the same time, it's kind of like Eeyore. It's like, if it, if that's who he is, that's fine. Well, let me ask you, you know? this, though. Uh, was it creepy that he fell in love with a 80-year-old woman? Like, it, like <clears throat> was, is is that a creep? On whose end? Harold. Like, Harold falling in love with Maude. Like, is that a controversial, why is, like... Why is, the, uh, why is the onus put on him? Uh... Just because he's the one who she, sought her she's out, a pred- no, he, he she, sought her well, out. No, 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 no. He didn't. He, she came up to him. Well, no, she, she, she pestered be- him at the funeral. In the beginning, she did. No, but yeah, but in the midpoint of the film, he was ultimately the one who sought her out because he could. She kept asking him, "Are you going to come by tomorrow?" Well, yeah. You gonna, you gonna, you gonna get down on this seventy-year-old. Uh, <laughs> body <laughs> and tyler don't, also, don't forget the, about the, the description the sculpture the priest oh yeah um, oh that was afterwards. disgusting that was that was, dis- that was <laughs> the way he was describing his body i was like he must be a catholic priest oh yeah <laughs> he's like your young firm body <laughs> co-mingling i was like her and her saggy, saggy old B- buttocks <laughs> <laughs> that was so that was He's so like uh, po- poking fun yeah poking fun at the uh establishment that was great yeah i just think that like i think their relationship like in the film is portrayed as wholesome but in a real life aspect of it all ah oh, man you know like it would it would turn some heads well, his mom is clearly not happy about it. Well, yeah, no, no one, no one's happy. <laughs> his mom is very upset. I, yeah. I, I'm just talking uh, of like the. This the would nar- never happen. Like the narrative. You simply must be joking, Harold. A sunflower. Like, <laughs> like the yeah, yeah, that was that was a that was a great scene where he hands the card. And it's that, a, that was it's the one. Sun- that was the one time I think they really like tried to hammer home that his mom's a dope. Yeah. Um. Besides, besides, is this a, is this a cle- joke? Yeah, besides the clearly comical like survey scene when she's she's answering all the questions. Oh yeah, as her son, half of the questions she's answering for him as him, and the other half she's answering as herself for herself. Yeah, she just wanted to take that survey for herself. That's really what it was. It's modern day cosmopolitan yeah. survey. But what color nail polish are you? I was just thinking though too, because like you get caught up in like the emotions of Harold and Maude like having this relationship together, and if you step back and realize what's going on, 
a lot of people would say, oh, Mod is manipulating him. (laughs) I don't know why that (laughs) garnishes a laugh. Um, But uh, (laughs) you said nipple. Manipples. Manipples lady. Bruce, is he he confirmed to be 17 in this? I don't remember. I I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think so too. And I also like how. What's the, the age of consent in 1971? <laughs> hey, man, it's the 70s, man. It's free love. I, Come on now. I, I know. Just do whatever. But that's. But I, my point is, though, is that like you get caught up in the emotion of Harold. But if you step back and realize what's going on, is there something bad happening? Or is this like a genuine connection? And there. Well. <clears throat> If you want to sully this uh, time-honored love, love, like love story, I'm not trying then, to sully sure, anything. Go ahead, go ahead, soil it all you want. Because yeah, maybe she is a sexual predator, Tyler. Maybe she is <laughs> looking for one last young dick to put in her notch, notch on her belt before she hits the grave. Maybe Chris Hansen does have something to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I know prefer what? to see the good in people, Tyler. Well, right? I'm just, I'm just, I'm. I'm curious because you could. I'm, I'm curious because you know, like in our modern you, day and age, with you know, uh, like predators and stuff like that. Like even, uh, you know, you see predators one and two. <laughs> God damn it! And the decades later sequel done by Shane Black, Predators. I'm just, I'm just. All I am saying is that like you get caught up in the emotion of uh, the emotional part of it all, but is it wholesome? Is it really is, is it, this movie is, wholesome? Is it really wholesome or is this yeah, young yes. or is this old lady taking advantage yes. of a troubled teenager? You know, you know what I mean? Like I'm not saying like if, it doesn't make the if, movie bad. I just if you take the step back, just don't take the step back. Yeah. Okay. Much like keep much your like feet the, where they are. Much like the born supremacy, lean into that shaky cam, baby. <laughs> Um, I, I guess you could look at it like that, but that would just ruin the movie experience for you. I, well, it didn't. Like you, it didn't you ruin it look for at me. It. it was just like more so of like a question of like. Ethics. But if you were a different person and you'd be like, "Oh, actually, you know what? This is kind of weird," you know, and then like you can't change your 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 thoughts on that. You know, like you, once you think about it, you can't. Once you learn that, you can't unlearn it. You know. Sure. Um, okay, I, well, I understand. We all you, we all know what could, the rule is for age, right? I, age of dating. I yes. do not know. Please enlighten it's us. Half, it's half your age plus seven. Half your right? age plus seven. So if you're a forty year old man, half your age is twenty. The youngest girl you can date is twenty seven. Anything younger than that, it's weird. Anything anything older than that, it's totally cool. That just seems weird. So, even can you imagine a forty year old dating a twenty seven year old, or yeah, a seventy nine year old woman dating a seventeen well, year old? Well, that's what I was gonna say. The uh, the half your age plus seven rule for uh, for mod is <laughs> is uh, forty seven, basically. Oh, no, but yes. Pete, Pete, she comes from Europe, so she has the metric system. I think it's different. Different over there. Oh, you're right. It's uh, kilograms. <laughs> half your age plus nine kilograms equals plus how 17. much you weigh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. Do you want me I'm to give you the real like, the real conspiracy? Yeah, please. Here's the real conspiracy. All right, Ooh. get ready, Tyler. Buckle up. I'm ready. So. Buckle. Ruth Gordon is Maude, and a few years earlier, Ruth Gordon was in Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. which was directed by Roman Polanski. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. It's, a, 
That's only three levels of connection before it's we got a web to the of lies. Yeah. Where does Kevin Bacon lie in all this? <laughs> he is he is the child, the love child of Harold Mudd. He's the love child. <laughs> um, Footloose is <yeah>. a sequel. <laughs> Wait, what's the conspiracy? It's a Roman. That Roman Tyler's not aware. And, uh, Ruth Gordon nope. are in on it. Oh my God! Tyler doesn't oh, know about Roman Polanski. God. That's uh, that. That is a. You know, you know that I told Polanski's, you to buckle up, buddy. <laughs> Roman Polanski is uh, exiled due to his uh, proclivities for young children, right? Yes. Tyler? Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. uh, living comfortably in uh, some European country. I don't know. How much more of a direct line does Bruce have to draw for you? God damn it! Well, that, I don't know. But I, that, that was my like. Because like no, that's all right. I mean, like we, I, we get it. We get it. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't think anybody is thinking that that's a completely normal relationship. Yeah. But nothing Just that the these people, yeah, nothing these people do in this movie is completely yeah. normal. But it's interesting. I, um, so. I I did really like the dark humor in this movie though. Like just like him like faking his own suicide, and uh, the, the the first really the first like sequence of the movie of him just like hanging himself and then the mom coming in and just like oh harold can you stop doing that <laughs> like i, I, had, I had me in i bet tears. you think you're entirely hilarious don't you harold <laughs> <laughs> it had me in tears i was just like wait this came out in 1971 <laughs> um anybody else have any specific things to say before we give our uh, our final grades and go um, here Kind of, I think Bruce already said this in the beginning, but um, the whole like the end sequence where it's like she, the, I guess with editing and camera, it kind of reveals like her like uh, a part of her past that is not touched upon at all, other than this brief moment with the with the tattoo numbers mm-hmm. um, on her arm, which I thought was I thought was really just like a really well done. Um, like it's so subtle, but it gives you it gives you almost everything you need to know about mm. why she is the way she is, and it makes that moment just so much more sweet, and um, and like everything that she's been telling Harold about like living, live, damn it, live, you know, um, and um, just makes the I guess the the following scenes that much more uh, uh, sad and also happy, bittersweet, you know. Um, yeah, I just liked it a lot. It was nice. It gave you it gave you a lot more um a lot more to love about Maud as if you didn't already love a lot about her. Yeah. Uh anybody else? Uh I think that the <laughs> writing in this movie was very well done and the actors just hit it out of the ballpark. Uh you were really sucked into this situation. Um, naturally like it wasn't it wasn't forced upon you and whatever you feel about this movie because I know a lot of people think this movie is pretentious and uh, it's you know it's a quirky weird movie that works it it works in all the right ways and what was that I said, all right. Yeah, um, and I just I, I I couldn't keep my eyes off of the screen. It, it was just it was amazing, and I hope to own this movie on VHS uh, someday. 
on VHS, huh? Yeah, I, I, I feel like this movie would have a really good experience if you watched it on a videotape rather than a your, your smart TV or what have you. <laughs> I got I got something to say about that later. So okay, uh, let's get let's give our uh, let's give our grades. And um, how about Bruce? Why don't you start us off with your grade for um, Harold Mod? I mean, it's not really fair, is it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is a this is an a plus for me. I mean, I just I mean, I love this movie. It's definitely one of my probably top twenty of all time. I can go back to it, and it's got everything I want in a movie. It's got humor. It's got darkness. It's got emotion. It's got great actors and it's just it's just wonderful nice beautiful uh joseph what's your grade uh yeah i'm gonna give it an a as well a solid a uh perfectly like good movie like it was funny it was um it was sad it was sweet and uh yeah i could i could see myself watching this um again and it wasn't like uh it, it wasn't terribly long either you know um, I could put this, pop this on in the afternoon and be done before dinner. Um, so yeah, A. A for Joseph. Uh, Tyler, what's your grade? I would also give this an A. I think this movie was perfectly crafted. It's timeless. It's a timeless movie. Uh, and I would watch this at significant life events because it gives me a lot of hope and it gives me a lot of perspective on crawling out of a dark void. So, yeah, uh, A for me. All right, and I'm going to give I'm going to give it an A minus only because I wish I wish there was a little bit more uh, something and I, and I can't I don't know what that is but I wish there was a little more something near the end mm. um, I liked it well enough but I feel like it just missed sticking the landing a tiny bit for me but uh, the character of Harold is one that I'll never forget uh, Maude I loved her quite a uh, quite a bit but Harold was the star of the show for me so I liked it well enough that I started watching it on Pluto and I got about 12 minutes in I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to rent it on YouTube. I hate these commercials. <laughs> and I'm, I, don't, I don't usually mind watching the commercials pop in every now and then, but I was so invested in the movie, I restarted it commercial-free, downloaded uh, the, the rental on it, and I was like, man, I just immediately wanted to buy it on, on Blu-ray when I was done. So, sure. Um, so happy that brought, Bruce brought it to us. So thank you, buddy. I'm surprised hey, you rented it on Pluto. I, it took me five categories. I found it under comedy. <laughs> found it under comedy. <laughs> There's no search function on Pluto, which is a travesty. There actually is, but, um, you know. What? Yeah, there is. Tell, say more right now. Uh, it's, it's called Pluto Direct. The fucking blow my mind. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> well, we'll talk about that later. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, and so now I guess it's time for um, the wheel. Oh, you know what? I don't have the I don't have the right music on. Hold on one second. Cut this out. <laughs> one wheel. I knew I knew eight I was slots. <laughs> three hosts. Three hosts. Alright. Alright, now it's time for the wheel. One wheel. Eight slots. Three hosts. This is the wheel of destiny.
All right. Hey, uh, Bruce, do you have a, uh, off the top of your head, do you have like maybe a, a replacement you want to sub in for your, since we got your last fan pick, you want to put something else in the, uh, in the pot? Um, yeah, I'll give you something here. Let me, I'll give you something that's not as good, but okay. very weird <laughs> and, and strange and entertaining. And probably you haven't all three seen this. And that is the day of the beast. Mm. Yeah. Not aware of that one. The day from nineteen ninety five. This one I have heard of. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nineteen what year? I think it's from nineteen ninety five. The Day of the Beast. I think it's a Spanish movie. Get get back, Beast. You you now. don't know what you're in shows. for on this one. Uh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Tango Tango and Cash. Tando. No, that's the only. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to think one. of two names though. No. Day of the Beast. <laughs> uh, Joseph, you got the list. Uh, yeah, I added the Day of the Beast. Okay, cool. Okay, so that was a uh, fan pick that we have from Bruce. So now we have left on the wheel. Silence from Joseph, a natural fan pick. Tyler's fan pick, Titan from Pete. Mm, 500 Days of Summer from Tyler, Music from Pete, a natural fan pick, and Joseph's fan pick. Oh boy, we got some doozies on here right now. Okay, I'm going to give this a spin, and this is going to be what we watch on our review episode next week. It is Teton. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> hey, we're, getting, we're knocking it out before Christmas. Okay. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Bruce Bruce knows about this movie. Oh, yeah. Teton's in my... Right now, it's hovering in my top five. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm have to... I can't disagree. It's really high up for me in 2021 um titan will okay, fuck so, you up it'll fuck you up <laughs> i gotta rent it on apple tv um i watched i didn't watch it on i know i didn't watch it on apple tv let me see what else that's available or direct tv or voodoo <laughs> i might i might have done it on i might have done it on voodoo red box on demand yeah well, if you guys want to watch it in person, we can watch it here, which will be an, an awkward movie to watch together, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, watch, we watch Veronica together. Yeah. That's true. That, that is true. That is true. Oh, this wait, has... wait. Can I change mine? I want to put that, um, no, I was going to put that stupid vampire western. Oh, oh yes. uh, Danzig Snoo. Uh, Death, uh, Death Rider. Death Rider in the House of Vampires. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I've been wanting I... to watch that so bad. Don't worry, Bruce. It'll probably make it on the wheel at some point. Oh, it will. <laughs> That's a guarantee. Okay, so Titan, also known as Titan, is from 2021. It's uh, written and directed by Julia Ducarneau uh, of Raw fame. Oh, that's um, her? Is, yes. Um, it's classified as mystery and thriller, drama, horror, sci-fi. And uh, right now it's got a 6.7 IMDb. It is a very divisive film. It is unapologetic, very raw, very... That's ironic. Very raw. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, is, it is something else. Um, it, does not, it does not give a fuck about the audience that's watching it. Um, this is the synopsis from Just Watch. Following a series of unexplained crimes, a father is reunited with the son who has been missing for 10 years. Titane. A heavily a, a, medi, a metal heavily resistant to heat and corrosion with high tensile strength alloys. It, 
titane is the French for titanium. And I will say, without okay. giving any more of the plot away, the main character is um, in a car accident as a young girl and has a titanium plate put in the side of her head and then has a fractured relationship with her father. And then a bunch of shit happens. And there's some very strange plot points in the movie. This so, isn't like demonic, right? What? No, oh, no, no, no. Demonic was not good. Okay. Demonic was un ungood. This is, um, this is, um, it, 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 it struggles with, it, it touches on like the topic of transgender identity, the idea of uncon unconditional, true unconditional love in a way that I've never seen approached in film before. Um, there's um, strips, long uncut strip sequences done on the top of multiple different types of cars. There's sexual scenes that I've never seen before. <laughs> there's, oh God, there's just so much to it. Oh, and, I'm excited. Um, I, I will say the end of this movie wrecked me, and I was I was crying uh, pretty 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 strongly oh at the end of it. And I, and I don't cry very often in movies, but Brianna likes to make fun of me now over this because because <laughs> of the subject matter is not something you would think of uh, crying over. So okay, listeners, strap in if you dare and watch Titan, and then follow us along with us next week as we review it. Um, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I'm putting on my seat belts for next week. Shoulder straps, Fuck too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> seat belts, Angela. <laughs> putting my stirrups on. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Bruce, before we before we let you go, why don't you give us a, a plug for where we can find you and where we should listen to you, our listeners should listen to you further. Uh, every week, uh, we do a podcast called Find Your Film. Uh, we do lots of new releases and some older releases, and we pick a movie from the box every week, randomly suggested by various people. I'm the one that usually watches those movies every week because um, I ripped off your wheel. <laughs> Tyler, anyway. what an outrageous accusation from Tyler. I know. I heard that. Um, so I listened to this. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you uh, have any of your various podcast uh, distribution network styles of getting your podcast, you can find us find your film. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I listen every week. Um, they they cover like a huge swath of like new releases that are coming out and then a bunch of classics which are have exposed me to some really cool stuff so yeah. love love find your film uh, forward promo this week one of the movies we're gonna we're gonna discuss is the brand new lesbian nun movie directed by Paul Verhoeven yes Benedetta Benedetta oh can't wait for that do you know where do you where do you even find that uh, I think it's being released on the third. So we, we get screeners a lot of times for this stuff. So I think on the third, it'll be, it'll be released either in theaters or streaming. I'm not sure yet. Bruce, Bruce and his ilk, they get, they get um, video movies ahead of time. They it's all actual. It's all Greg. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, well, cool, cool. Um, Bruce, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, for your listeners out there, thank you so much for tagging along with this episode. And we'll find us next week as we review Titan and Gavin Chatter. Go to mcfcpodcast.com for all our socials where you can send us um, recommendations and whatnot. And uh, Joseph, where else? And follow us on Twitter at podcastmcfc. And please follow us at uh, Middle Class Film Class on Instagram. And leave us a voicemail, why don't you? Uh, we haven't gotten any voicemails yet. Uh, that number is 209-730-6010. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. See you next time. See ya. See ya. Bye.
hey man, it's the 70s, man. It's free love. Come on now. <laughs>